Hello and welcome back to my podcast. I am Rachel Charles and I'm the Freedom Coach. I work with women to basically bust them out of their mundane life, the life that means that they've been stuck into the routine and responsibilities that come with careers and families and responsibilities. And it means that they've left their hopes, goals and dreams on the shelf. I help them to breathe life back into their hopes, goals and dreams so that they can start living a life that they design rather than the one prescribed. So today I wanted to talk about resilience because that's what I'm focusing in on for the entire month of October. And it's interesting because I began not to like the word resilience, loved it because you know we all want to think that we're strong but in the corporate world resilience takes a sinister tone and that's why I entitled this podcast they lied to us about resilience so when you look at the definition of resilience there's a couple of words that come to play and some of those words are tough the ability to recover from difficulty so it's recovery spring and bounce back elasticity abrasion resistance and i looked at the miriam webster definition and it said an ability to recover from or adjust to misfortune or change and so it shows that resilience is what happens afterwards so not just that you are able to stay in the hot water and keep going but also you survive and come out the other end and you're not bruised and battered but you're still walking and you still have strength to fight another day why i say that they've lied to us about resilience is when we are in especially in corporate or if we're even in relationships there's this idea that you just have to take and take and take all the crap that is given to you and your resilience is measured by how much crap you can take that's where the lie comes in because it isn't fair for the person to continually build resilience and not have you know a, a, a way out of it not have an understanding that this is going to end or if they are being subjected to certain behaviors that that behavior is going to stop resilience in that way becomes makes the person into a martyr makes the person into a victim that's not strong behavior that is abuse and it's victim status so you know i thought what can we do to ensure that our resilience is not taken advantage of and that we're keeping an eye on what's happening to us and i thought in order to be resilient we literally had to look at it along the same ways as we look at smart goals so what is resilience how am i maintaining myself my self-care how am I making sure that I have an, an eye on the, for lack of a better word, barometer of what is being thrown my way and how I'm expected to behave and I'm not just running myself into the ground? How do I keep an eye on that? And I thought you do that by being smart. 
S-M-A-R-T, the SMART goals. So, do we remember what they all stand for? I haven't got it written down right now, so I need to try and, well, I hope I remember it. So, first off, the S is specific. When it comes to self-care and making sure that we're not basically being taken advantage of, we need to be specific in what is it we're here to do. So, for example, if it's, in a, if it's a job, what is it I'm here to do? How much can I do? What is, well, I'm going to go into the R in a minute, but what's realistic to me? Be very clear on what it is you're there to do. And when it comes to self-care, be very clear on what it is that makes puts you in a good mood in a good frame that gets you from anxious to stable so specific in terms of self-care is it half an hour to yourself is it an actual lunch break is it walking out and getting fresh air what is it that makes you have time for yourself in terms so that you can maintain your resilience M, measurable. You have to be able to measure what it is you're doing. Otherwise, how do you gauge it? So if it's time away that works for you so that you can clear your head, is it 10 minutes you need? Is it 20 minutes? Is it half an hour? Is it an hour? Is it half a day? Do you need to book a day off work so that you can, you know, clear your head and just be? And... How do you know that what you're doing is working? How do you know that that 10 minutes is working for you? How do you know that, you know, (laughs) it's working? You have to be able to measure that this is what I do to get me back into a good space. And if I don't do this, then I feel like this. So this is, and if I'm feeling a certain way, that's your measuring tool as well. If I'm feeling a certain way, then I know that I need to up what I'm doing. Is it working? Is it not working? A, achievable. A lot of the times we compare ourselves to other people and that obviously sets us up for for failure but we see it working for everybody else or that's what that person's doing and we're kind of alike you know we're both mums we're both working we're both doing you know that could work for me but it might not so find what is what works for you is it achievable all of the things that you have down on your list to do that day don't set yourself up for failure and that brings me to the r be realistic some of what we may see again someone else doing realistic in my self-care i need time for myself i'm gonna go running is that realistic for you do you have time to get up at five o'clock in the morning to go to the gym do you you know and when it comes to running (laughs) i had to laugh because you know prime example myself wanting to get back in shape, wanting to do certain things for myself. I need to go running. I'm not a runner. So from the beginning, I set myself up for failure. I can walk the socks off of you, but I am not a runner. So where was I going talking about I'm going to be running? Do what is realistic for you. 
Otherwise, you are literally going to set yourself up for failure. And when you don't get it done, you're going to think that you're a failure when all you did was put a goal in front of you that was not yours. It belonged to someone else. And then timely. It needs to be time bound. Many times we are in situations where we're having things piled upon us and we're being told, oh, yeah, you know, it's going to get better. Gonna, 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 gonna. What time frame does gonna sit in? It doesn't. And if you know that things are difficult at the moment, whether it's work or relationships, and you just think to yourself, I'm on borrowed time here. Do I need to be here? And you're weighing up that situation. Don't wait until it gets too bad. Don't wait until you crack. It has to be timely. You can't just sit there and think, okay, how long is a piece of string? How long is this going to get better? You need to give yourself a time frame of if it doesn't get better by this time, I am out. And you might not be able to do it by that time frame, but at least start working on a plan to get out. Because nothing is worse than sitting somewhere knowing that you've gone past your time and you haven't done anything to improve your situation or odds of doing something different. So... They lie to us about resilience, but we can see through it and we know what true resilience is. Resilience is being strong, it's being able to stand up to adversity, it's being able to stand up for what you believe in. But it also does not mean that you take crap and any kind of crap that comes your way. So be resilient and let's be smart because they lied to us about it. Thanks for listening. I'm going to be back again. Like I said, for the entire month of October, I'm going to be talking about resilience. So stay tuned and hopefully something resonates with you. Take care. Hi and welcome back to my channel. This is Rachel Charles and I'm the Freedom Coach. I work with women who are feeling that overwhelm of full-time work and parenthood and everything that life throws at you, careers that don't seem to be going anywhere. And all it's done is help you to put your hopes, goals and dreams on the back burner. And what I do is grab those hopes, goals and dreams, take them off the back burner, inject some life into it and help you to start living a life that you design rather than the one prescribed. So welcome, welcome. Lovely to have you in. I've been talking about resilience this month and the last um, conversation I had was talking about how they lie to us about resilience and yet they lie to us and it is sometimes quite condescending when people you know will say oh when are we going to get out of this position whatever it might be a work situation that's going on and the advice that's given, you know, sometimes it might be the welfare or well-being committee is build resilience, you know, help everybody to build resilience. And that's quite condescending. It rubbishes the fact that the people have been going through this position for so long. And clearly, if they have lasted this long, they had to have been strong and therefore they are resilient. So, yeah, resilience has got a really bad um got some bad press and has been used wrongly and I think it's time that we kind of reclaim the word resilience and look at what it is resilience is strength it's about adapting so it isn't just how do I stay still and how do I um 
and get through this period. It's, do I need to change with what's going on? Do I need to adapt my way of thinking? Do I need to adapt my way of working? Am I turning into a fossil because everything around me is is changing and I don't quite understand it and the reason why it's being difficult is because I'm not changing. Resilience can sometimes be that. Resilience is your ability to adapt and if you can't adapt to things that are happening around you, you're not very resilient and it's going to be difficult because what you will be doing instead is enduring and tolerating and that's not resilience because what that does is it leads to burnout. Resilience is focus. What's your values? Is this what you want? Is this where you see yourself? Do you have a choice? Can you change what's happening? Does it have to stay this way? Is there anything that you have control over in this thing? That is resilience. Where is your focus? And also focusing on where do I see myself in the next Six weeks, six months, year, five years. What am I doing today that will take me one step closer to that goal? What am I doing today that can make things easier for me? How do I get out of this position if it's something that isn't serving me? That's looking at your focus. Resilience is also the bounce back. I love that word. (laughs) I love that phrase, the bounce back. It is literally the bounce back. You get through a difficult period and where are you? Are you literally like scattered across the battlefield? Or are you able to brush yourself off and say, you know what? I've learned from that. Got the experience. Got the battle scars to prove it. Bring it on. Whatever else comes my way, I am ready to take it on. And the only way that you get that bounce back is by your mindset Where is our mindset? Do we believe that we're going to get through these difficult periods that we're going to face? You know, we're in one at the moment and it's coming up to about two years since we've been having, you know, all this new language that we've learned, lockdowns, quarantines and isolation and all of that kind of stuff. And over the past nearly two years, there has been and still is a lot of fear, loss, death anxiety what has that done for our mindset and who are the ones that are going to be able to bounce back how do we show our resilience how do we know we're resilient and it's really going to be looking at how we coping throughout this period what is it that we're doing to keep ourselves basically sane because I do believe that, you know, when we get to the other side, there's so much that's happening now. We've, we've understanding different symptoms and illnesses, long COVID. You know, I've experienced that as well. And you think these are things that we never experienced before and never understood before. And there are going to be so many people that are going to be suffering, unfortunately, from mental illnesses and the side effects of all of the stuff that has happened, the fear, the trauma, the loss, the isolation. There's going to be illnesses that we don't even have names for yet because they haven't even manifested themselves properly. But how do we keep ourselves away from that? How do we protect ourselves from that? And it's only through our mindset. 
I can't remember who said it, but they said, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're probably right. And whatever we focus on, we get. If we are positive, if we think that we are going to be okay, it doesn't mean that we're not going to experience difficulties, but it does mean that we are going to be in a better position to get through and have the bounce back than somebody else who is in that woe is me, I'm a victim, this is really bad, we're never going to get out of that mindset. So we have to be very intentional about where and what we focus, where we put our focus and what we are focusing it on. Mindset is extremely important to get us through that. And some of the ways that we maintain our mindset is being mindful of what we take in. You know, we usually think about, oh, you know, I've think about our physical health I don't want to eat this don't want to eat that because I'm on a diet and you know I want to get myself trim and I want to eat clean but are we also thinking clean you know and I'm not trying to censor our thoughts here in terms of you know but when I say clean thinking it's positive thinking are we allowing negative people and visuals to take over what we're thinking to take over how we are processing and navigating the world are we allowing you know what's happening around us to consume us we're in it but we don't have to be of it we need to be able to keep ourselves focused on who we are where we're going and you know we're coming up to winter. It's just something that's popped into my head. We're coming up to winter. There's going to be lots of colds and things like that. How are we getting over these hurdles? When you do start to feel sick, what do you do? Do you run around and say, oh, I feel sick. Oh, I'm ill. I'm ill. And that might sound, you know, sometimes a little bit far-fetched to some people. But when you start feeling the symptoms of a cold... And you tackle that ish head on and say, you know, I'm not sick. I'm getting over this stuff. You get over a lot quicker. And I must say, because of that mindset, for myself and a lot of people that I do know have not had a natural cold in years. Because the mindset is, don't have that sick mindset of, oh, I'm cold and I have a cold or I have the flu, blah, blah, blah. Your mindset says a lot about how you heal. It says a lot about how you move forward. It says a lot about your bounce back. Your mindset is the key to your resilience. How resilient you are is in direct correlation to what is going on in your mind. So what are we focusing on? Fear is the lowest form of vibration. And if we have been stuck in fear for the past nearly two years and that's where, you know, we're scared of what the future brings. We're scared of what's happening tomorrow. We're not going to be good for ourselves. We're not going to be good for anybody else. Mindset, focus and the way to harness and, and enhance that is through our self-care. Proper sleep, proper nutrition, ingesting the right things mentally exercise which reduces stress being mindful about who we spend time with and what we 
feast ourselves on educa- um, entertainment wise what do we use you know to where are we getting our, our news sources from as well and all of that will determine whether or not we're abundant or whether we're going to be facing burnout so the one last thought that last thought that i would leave you with is mindset so thank you for listening and i hope to see you pop on here again or hear you pop on to you again <laughs> have a wonderful day and remember we only have one life to live this is not a dress rehearsal so let's do this let us own our wings let us stand in our power so that we can start living rather than existing and leave a legacy have a wonderful day night afternoon whenever it is that you are listening to this take care peace love and blessings bye-bye so today's going to be a bit of a story time i'm i'm going to read this out so hopefully it doesn't sound too boring but um as you know i work within the criminal justice system and there's that question as to the mindset of people who commit um serious domestic violence assaults and you know what goes through their heads and one of the stories which i always remember was of a man called Jack. So I'll start reading. Now Jack was what I've often referred to as a man mountain. He was a solidly built guy who clearly ate his spinach and towered well over six foot tall. You couldn't span his biceps even with both hands and he had a presence that you could feel, that you could feel would be menacing and just downright terrifying if you were ever on the wrong side of him or if he ever got angry. And reading the Crown Prosecution papers, which detailed over eight years of violence in the home against his wife and children, he put that strength to use against them. His wife, on the other hand, was a petite woman of not much, not much more than five foot tall, if that. And she was so slim that she looked as if she turned sideways, she would just disappear. And I'm going to call her Sue. I worked with Jack for around six months and it was soon clear to me that he was continuing to harass Sue despite there being a restraining order against him. I would sit across the table from him being told that he had breached the terms of his order and he would plead with me to believe that Sue was lying. I knew he was the one lying but there was no real proof. One evening he was late for his appointment. It was booked for 7pm to accommodate his work and I decided to give him an extra 15 minutes before I told reception that we were done for the night. And I actually waited until 7.30 as he rang to say that he was running a bit late. He did arrive just before 7.30 and he spoke about the traffic and how hard it was to get through London. We did our monthly checkup about how he was finding the domestic violence program and he said everything was positive he said all the right things although I felt uneasy and I knew that there was something he was not telling me and I knew that he was still contacting the ex but he was being smart enough not to leave a trace 
I said goodbye, gave him his next appointment and wrote up my notes. And the following morning was met with a message to call the women's safety officer. And what I heard next stopped my breath. She asked me if I had seen Jack the night before. And I said, yes, he had attended late for his appointment. And she informed me that Jack had been arrested that day. Sorry, that same night for harassment after he left our office. Because that evening, before coming to the probation office, he had searched every branch of the organisation his ex was working for in that area to see if he could find her. And lucky for him, but unlucky for her, he spotted her pulling down the shutters with her work colleague after her day's work. The fact that the colleague was a male probably increased his anger even more. And I can only imagine how she felt when she pulled down the shutters, turned to say goodbye to her colleague and heard Jack's voice say, Hey, you slag. That voice coming through the dark, darkness, most likely was had moments earlier where she had most likely felt safe in the company of her colleague was shattered. What happened next, I was told, could only be likened to the scene of a blockbuster film as she ran through traffic, him hot on her heels until eventually she had the good idea to hide under a parked car hidden from the main road. It was there that she was able to use the device given to her by the police, which is given to domestic violence victims so that they can summon help within 10 minutes. And he, frustrated by her giving him the slip and knowing he didn't want to mess up his perfect probation record of attendance, reluctantly gave up his search for her and returned to his car and then made his way to the office half an hour late, blaming traffic for his tardiness. In my 14 years of being on probation, I had seen so many Jacks come and go, and unfortunately more come than actually stay gone. Jack showed no remorse when I asked him about this. And sadly, he's still within probation. <laughs>